This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Week 6 has arrived. Misery in New York continues with football. Jackson Heil, Emmanuel Rabari, Matt West, Jack Caldwell, Thomas Quigley behind the board. NFL Friday, yet another edition of our FUV Football Podcast. Guys, how are we? Doing great. You know, finally a chance watching the Jets to have some sort of hope this year because there needs to be some sort of evaluation at some point. It's getting infuriating. So a chance for that this weekend. Giants, uh, <laughs> that's really how I can describe it. So, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well. I think uh, I think the Giants, there's a lot of optimism to go around. I'm not sure about that. I mean, <laughs> wow. we're playing the Patriots. You know, I thought it was, a, yeah, it was a seesaw game, but like I said, there's a lot of potential on that Giants team. The Jets, I mean, that's a different story. I think we're going to. It's going to be another long season, as we see. But, you know, I think with the Giants, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm seeing some differing opinions there. It seems like E-Man's more on the optimism train with the Jets right now, ironically enough. Matt, I'm hoping for optimism. There's a difference. That is a great point. I'm consistently robbed of that optimism. The hope for optimism is always there with the Jets when Sam Darnold's playing. And that will finally be the case this week, as I'll say in my Jets report. Darnold is back from mono. He will start on Sunday at 425 against the Dallas Cowboys. Jets 0-4 in search of their first win. But first we're going to focus on the Giants, who were drubbed last night in Foxborough, 35-14. to There were signs and spurts of optimism, like Matt said. Uh, Daniel Jones struggled, turned the ball over three times. Did have a nice touchdown to Golden Tate, but we will get there in just a moment. We have plenty of Giants stuff to get to. We'll hear from Brianna Leverty's Giants report momentarily. But first, we're going to do our fantasy segment, our first fantasy segment, checking out the studs with Jack Caldwell. Who are some of the safest bets in fantasy this week? Here are the players our expert thinks you must start if you're looking to win your matchup. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to start with the tight end that I have on my team in fantasy. That's Austin Hooper. He's the Falcons tight end. He's been doing really well this season. He's playing against a horrific Cardinals secondary. I think he's going to tear it up. The Falcons will be out for vengeance, so make Austin Hooper. If he's available in your league, which he is in a a good amount of them, make sure you're starting him. Now, in terms of running backs, I'm going to go with Mark Ingram. Now, the Ravens will be running against the Bengals, who have the second-worst run defense in the league, so he seems like a pretty easy pick. I think they're going to be handing it off to him all day long. And then for the quarterback... It's a guy who's been the epitome of boom or bust in terms of fantasy and on the field this season, and that's Dak Prescott. Of course, he's facing our New York Jets this Sunday, and with that secondary, unfortunately, I'm going to have to pick against my Jets. I think Dak's going to be tearing it up. That's a shame to hear that Dak's going to tear up the Jets this weekend, and it, it probably will happen, too. You'll you'll hear in my Jets report that I had similar predictions in that regard. Overrated. But- I agree. Jets he, will tear him apart. He's not a $40 million quarterback as he thinks he is. Not but at all. He, he's still a good quarterback, and I'll give him I that. one day aspire to have the confidence Dak Prescott does to say, I'm the best at something that I'm not close to the best at. These that are- is unrivaled, unparalleled, uncalled for <laughs> optimism on his part. I agree. I think these past couple games 
I think he's shown that he's just uh, he's a mediocre quarterback. I mean, I think each of us could go out and do our thing against the Miami Dolphins, the Redskins. You're giving me too much credit. <laughs> Behind the offensive line they consistently put together for him, exactly. with the weapons he consistently has, put me there, and I'll do at least 75% of what he does. <laughs> so, you don't have I, the I legs give you more than that, that. I got you 90%. I think you Oh, you, thank you, man. Yeah, I believe in you. Uh, that's very kind that of you. That team is loaded. Like you said, they got a bunch of weapons. They got a defense that's playing, well, my, I mean, except for the game against Green Bay, their defense is pretty stout. What am I looking at here? I'm looking at his stat line, and I'm seeing two touchdowns, a pick, 59% completion percentage, and 246 yards against the Dolphins two weeks ago. If you have that team, that is unacceptable. Three picks against the Packers last week. 223 yards, one pick, no touchdowns against the Saints. Unacceptable stuff from Dak Prescott. Yeah, he's not $40 million worth. Wow. Well, let's shift over to another overrated NFC East quarterback, and that is Daniel Jones. Wow. Man, we're placing these labels that was today. A jab. Listen, listen. First off, I'm usually <laughs> the big ego guy on, on the FUV podcast, and today E-Man's saying he could go do what Dak Prescott does behind a Cowboys offensive line. I love Metaphor. the confidence. Metaphorical exaggeration. Hyperbole. Hyperbole. <laughs> Trying to find the right word here. But when you consider how the Giants fans propped up Daniel Jones after his first couple appearances, I think there's a little bit of a reality check. And if you want to call it overrated, overrated by the fan base is probably a better way to put it. But Daniel Jones is a rookie quarterback. He might have a great future. He might not. But what he's doing right now is completely representative of someone who has not been in the league before. And I think now Giants fans are facing reality. They just don't have a good football team this year. Well, let's see what Brianna Leverty, our Giants B reporter, has to say on the topic. It may have been a short week for the Giants with their Thursday night matchup against the Patriots. However, it definitely felt like a long one with back-to-back losses. Big Blue was dominated by the Vikings last Sunday, handing Daniel Jones the first loss of his career. Minnesota held the Giants to one touchdown in the first half and one field goal in the second half while scoring 28 points themselves. DJ threw one interception and was sacked four times, never finding his rhythm. The run game, which had looked surprisingly solid with Wayne Gallman Jr. replacing Saquon Barkley, quickly fell apart after Gallman left the game in the first quarter with a concussion. After this tough loss, there wasn't much turnaround time for Big Blue, and the team didn't have much going for it, what with number one receiver Sterling Shepard, running backs Barkley and Gallman, tight end Evan Ingram, and linebackers Tay Davis and Ryan Connolly all out with injuries. But the defense played surprisingly well, and for a moment it looked like Daniel Jones might pull an Eli Manning against the undefeated Patriots. Facing off against one of the best defenses in the league, Jones threw a 64-yard touchdown pass to Golden Tate, and Lorenzo Carter sacked Tom Brady, forcing a fumble that was carried into the end zone by Marcus Golden. After putting up 14 points, the Giants were able to head into halftime down by just one possession. 21-14. They held on until the fourth quarter, but the defense couldn't stop the pass any longer, and the Giants lost the game 35-14. Jones threw a total of three interceptions and failed to put any points on the board in the second half. But I think, you know, we know we got to play better, and, you know, I certainly know I got to play better, so um, we're trying to do that. For all the hype that initially surrounded DJ, it's been revealed that he is indeed just like any other rookie quarterback. He makes mistakes but continues to learn, and fans should be excited to see him progress. Covering the Giants, I'm Brianna Leverty, WFUV Sports.
offensive ineptitude has been a theme in New York, particularly with the Jets, but as Brianna mentioned, for the Giants the last two weeks, largely due to injuries as well. I mean, we'll give Daniel Jones some slack here. I mean, no Saquon, no Wayne Gallman, the backup running back this week to go along with starting tight end Evan Ingram, who's had a breakout year, and no Sterling Shepard. Welcome to the world of uh, Luke Falk. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, well, at least Luke Falk has some weapons. I'm not sure about that. He's He's been left out on an island. He's got Le'Veon Bell. Stop. Le'Veon Bell's a weapon. He doesn't have an offensive line. This is true. That is very true. And Le'Veon Bell has three-yard runs that he somehow stretches into five. That's what he has. Daniel Jones at least has a line. Sorry, Matt. No, I agree. I think Daniel Jones, I mean... I think Luke Falk, uh, he has no weapons, no no support around him. But Daniel Jones, yeah, he has a line. Like you said, he yesterday he was playing with uh, with um, without a lot of his um, key players, but he's also playing against a Bill Belichick defense that always make rookie quarterbacks look very suspect. And I was like I said, they they gave up their the Giants, the Patriots gave up their first offensive touchdown. So I, I, there was a lot of optimism, like I said, from that game. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot uglier. Three interceptions, I give you that, 35.4 what, QB rating. It was pretty – That's heinous. <laughs> That's heinous. <laughs> I have to say, Patriots, though. you know? You got to – I was shocked. It was like the second or third quarter, and I'm like, how are the Giants still in this football game? Yeah. So I'll give them some credit there where, like, I don't care how you get there, but they were competing in the game for a while. Daniel Jones is awful. Yeah, he, he was really <laughs> terrible yesterday. One touchdown, three picks. The the rating is is obscene. And then you look back to the Vikings game. He was awful there too. I really don't like what he did there. He missed two wide open guys in the end zone that would have resulted in touchdowns that really would have changed that game. So I blame that on him. And he took full responsibility after that game, saying, "I need to make those throws. I need to make better." And even Pat Shermer was saying, "It's not all about the protection. It's not all about the supporting cast." Those are mistakes you cannot make if we want to be a good football team. And he says Daniel Jones will fix them, but ultimately after his first two weeks, he's needed to fix a lot of things. He was bad against Minnesota. Don't get me wrong. He was terrible last night. He was absolutely terrible last night. Sands one drive, and I'll give him credit. The throw to Golden Tate was terrific. That over-the-top little wheel route that Tate bobbled and ended up being able to walk into the end zone. And finally, the only really weapon that he was able to have last night is Tate comes back from the suspension. But I think there are serious question marks over Daniel Jones. There were at the time that he was drafted. Obviously, his mobility has been on display. But the accuracy over the last two weeks and the decision-making has been a serious concern for me. Now, is this just a rookie quarterback going through growing pains? That remains to be seen. But I think as a Giants fan, the optimism certainly has to be waned a bit after seeing these last two performances. Because they've been dreadful, to be quite honest. And you have to give and take with this. Because we don't really know what Daniel Jones is going to be until we get a bigger sample size. It's almost like Sam Darnold's in his rookie year. I'm not sure how they're evaluating him. I don't know how they're going to see the signs of light during this season. But until we see a second year of Daniel Jones, we see really more of him in his league. I'm not sure if we can make that conclusion he's had great throws to Golden Tate even Darius Slayton the week prior when he threw that beautiful touchdown pass but are we really going to fall back on one touchdown that he throws nicely every game I I don't think we can do that he's been bad the last two weeks and whether it's the symptoms of a rookie quarterback or Daniel Jones just not being great we won't know that until we see more but I think once he gets um Barkley back, that'll give him a little blanket, a little security. That'll be a security blanket, someone to lean on. Their rushing game has been horrible with Hillman, Penny. There hasn't been any help 
around him. Hillman's once you terrible. Get, once you get Shepard back also, Ingram, I think he'll start to, you know, Ingram will be like his other security blanket. So I think he just, right now, he's playing against great defenses. And obviously, you know, he's not a finished product by any means. But I think he still, you know, once he gets uh, Saquon back, I think things will start to smoothen out for him. I will say, Daniel Jones is not the problem. I see a direct replica. I, I see a younger Eli Manning right yeah. now. And I see a guy, if the Giants build properly around him, they'll probably win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. Whoa. He, I, I can make that assessment if the front office is competent, which we haven't seen the last couple of years. But if they're able to build teams like they had with Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin, they don't need a great quarterback. They need a Daniel Jones, who I see as a replica of Eli Manning. Yeah, I see. Right now, the defense is awful. There are plenty of flaws on this team. And I think the last couple of weeks have shown you you can't just gloss over that by bringing in a new rookie quarterback and having some energy around the fan base now. It's still a bad team this year. They, they need to build on it in future years. Chris and I, Chris Bocci, that is, were saying last week that there's no logic behind the belief as a Jets fan that Daniel Jones is going to be the next Eli Manning and go out and win Super Bowls because that's just what the Giants do. The, Gi- the Giants, even after having Eli Manning for 15 years, they're going to find a way to get a, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback right back because that's just the freaking New York Giants. And they also build teams well. Like, mm-hmm. they have a really good reputation, the Giants, of building well. And the Jets yeah. don't build around their quarterbacks well. They don't mentor and develop their quarterbacks well. At least you know with Daniel Jones, and especially if Eli Manning's on board here, which it appears that he is, and it seems they've developed a really nice relationship, Daniel Jones will at least turn into that type of leader that Eli Manning is. And that's all you need sometimes when you build some of those teams that are capable of winning it all. So I like what Daniel Jones is, but I don't like what this Giants team is. And until further notice, they're just going to be a bad team until they fix the defense and fix a lot of the pores throughout. But just one more thing. Like what you say, E-Man, I see the team. Like You can see his leadership skills. The team's rallying around him. Like that big play to Golden Tate last night, that really got the Giants going. I feel like he does. He steps up on big plays like in the Tampa Bay game. He's beyond his years. Yeah, he has that, that poise, that maturity. Well, like you said, I could see the Giants possibly winning a championship with him, but I, I think their future is way brighter than the Jets. I want to make a comment about Giants fans here for a moment because I, I, I'm sick of the nonsense from this fan base. You look at last year, all the Giants fan base, the entire fan base was saying that Sam Darnold's terrible, Baker at times was terrible, and Josh Rosen and Josh Allen were all terrible. But at this point... They're saving the excuses here for Daniel Jones because, hey, he doesn't have weapons around him and he's going up against tough defenses. Where were those excuses when you were talking about Sam Darnold last year? This was all a ploy from the Giants fan base to try to save face because they didn't take a quarterback last year and they took Saquon Barkley. Now that they have a quarterback, they're falling back on all these excuses and that, that that's really not how it should be. And that's really pissing me off and grinding my gears because they are basically going against everything they said last year about how even though Sam Sam Darnold didn't have weapons really or and didn't have a good offensive line had a terrible offensive coordinator yeah but Darnold had, sucks. had nothing to do yeah but Darnold sucks but but Daniel Jones is all right because listen he's a New York Giant and he's our quarterback Jones that, that's what Giants fans than are saying right now and I just it, it's really bothering me uh, the, and the, you can you can't you can't teach stupid I think that's what it comes down to. And we see a lot of two-sided claims. Matt, I'm not saying you're one of these people. Yeah, I'm not either, too. I'm not pointing in your direction. This Jones-Darnold comparison is so silly when the Giants are two years behind their progress 
and are now having these built-in excuses for a rookie quarterback who they probably should have had two years ago and ultimately didn't go for. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's not Daniel Jones's fault. He's the future. He's the answer. He's better than anyone else. Giants fans, what have you done for me lately? They see those two wins. They think they're thinking they got Eli 2.0. I mean, the Jets just Darnold's there since what? Mark Sanchez, who's been a quarterback that the Jets fans can Oh, really, we know. You know, so I, I, Yeah, but, but but don't make the excuses for Daniel Jones and then go out and say Sam Darnold's a bust because that that's what I'm seeing no, on Giants Twitter and it's a disgrace. Plenty of Giants fans are Yankee fans, same mentality. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Oh, yeah. that, that is that same mentality. It is. It is. They carry over. And on that note, I don't want to talk about the Giants anymore because it's giving me thoughts about the Yankees, and I don't I don't like those thoughts. I, I really don't like this. Transition to so, poverty in this well, town. Let, let's shift over to the Jets. We'll talk about them momentarily. Sam Darnold coming back. But before we do that, let's go back to Jack for our fantasy duds of the week. Predicting this week's fantasy duds is just as important as picking this week's fantasy studs. Here's who our expert thinks you should sit this week. Hey, look, speaking of the Giants, why don't I start with my first dud? It's a former Giant, Odell Beckham Jr. Of course, it's a top pick for anyone drafting in Fantasy League back in August or whenever you did yours, but he has not delivered thus far this season. Lots of turbulence going around in Cleveland. I think Freddie Kitchens is the wrong guy. Looks like Baker Mayfield's regressing. Some weird trade rumors about Odell Beckham Jr. possibly being shopped that I've seen on Twitter, so... Look, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in Cleveland right now, but I think this is the wrong week to start Odell Beckham Jr. Trade rumors. Before you continue, those those rumors are, are those That's Colin crazy. Coward making noise, or is this like <laughs> actual trade rumors here? Because no, I just just I'm saying just turbulence, Shatter. general swirling around. Nothing nothing legitimate, but you hear weird stuff going on in Cleveland right now. FTV insiders got called. There's some bad air around Cleveland. Anyways, continue. Number two, Dud. He's my starting quarterback, and I am looking for some other options right now. That's Aaron Rodgers. First of all, there's he's injured this week. He's dealing with some knee issues. He's expected to play, but, of course, that's not exactly what you want to hear. He also doesn't have Devontae Adams, most likely, on Monday as his top wide receiver, facing a tough Lions defense. And Rodgers, even when he played well like he did last week, not necessarily playing well for fantasy points because he only picked up about 12. And then my third dud is Damian Williams. And he's a guy who I think PPR, in terms of their projections, have overrated all year when he's been he- when he's been healthy. And even when he's been questionable, it seems like PPR have been suggesting he could get 18 to 20 points, and then he's either not played or not gotten nearly as much. So don't look at your projections. That's a committee over there in Kansas City with LaShawn McCoy. And I just don't think it's the ideal week with a matchup against Houston, which has a very strong run defense. Some interesting names there. Some big ones, too. Yeah. Odell. Well, it has to be being a number one with a big name. I like that. Guys. I like that. Sources tell me Odell's getting traded. Oh, no. Well, what are your sources? Dun, dun, dun. Jack Caldwell of <laughs> No, no, no. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> be I was saying there's Caldwell. a bad aroma around Cleveland, and you hear Oh, things. I totally understand you, yeah. Jack. There is a horrible aura. And this team was well, overrated heading into the fire. year. I mean, that we're talking. We're not talking about the city. We're, we're talking about <laughs> overrated quarterbacks. That's a major theme of our episode right now. How about Baker Mayfield? Oh, he looks oh, pretty he's bad. Terrible. Terribly overrated. I think Freddie Kitchens is just the wrong guy. I think he'll be gone at the end yeah. of the season. Oh, I think, I think, ba- I think yeah, Baker's I the wrong guy too. Trade him. I think it's more so Kitchens. I think Baker. He's shown the potential last year, but I think Kitchens can't handle that team. He's also. A loudmouth when he doesn't have to be, and that doesn't play well for him when he's just not talented whatsoever. Dude, I loved when Nick Bosa, or it was Joey Bosa, stuck the flag 
after Nick. he after it it was it was Nick right yeah, I, Nick. I'm confusing myself here. Our, our man Quake's in the back saying he can't confirm it's Nick, so I appreciate it there. So I, I'm all over the place. I had it right the first time, and I second-guessed myself. But they're both elite pass rushers, and when Nick Bosa sacked him, people obviously remembering what Baker Mayfield did when they went into Columbus and beat Ohio State, stuck the flag down at midfield. Bosa sacks him on Monday Night Football and does the flag celebration, which I absolutely loved. Baker needed a taste of his own medicine. He was brutal on Monday night. That's one of the worst quarterback performances I've ever seen of a guy who actually stayed in the entire game. He was, what, 8 of 22 for 100 yards and three turnovers? Shout out to the Niners defense. They got a tough uh, uh, D-line. He had one completion in the second half. Niners are on the coming up. You're down Uh, by 100. I like what the Niners are building. Yeah, I like that. And what... Then pertaining to the Browns, they just had way too much hype surrounding them entering the year. We knew they'd face some adversity, and they faced it, and we knew exactly what would happen. And look, now now everyone's going to get traded. I think they have too much talent, and they don't know how to distribute the ball to each individual player. And then they always get away from the running game, and they got Chubb. You got Hunt coming back. We'll we'll get some news by the end of the episode on who's getting traded. Let's go to a team with some talent coming back. Sam Darnold returning to the fold for the Jets. Possibly too little, too late. But again, at 0-4, Jets and Cowboys at the Meadowlands this weekend. I have the pleasure of doing our Jets report this week, so let's give it a go. Embarrassment. That's just one of many words that can summarize the first five weeks of the New York Jets season. The latest blowout, a 31-6 drubbing in Week 5 at the hands of the Eagles, has gangrene staring at an 0-4 record with little hope of a miraculous recovery. The same issues that were prominent before the bye week prevailed in Week 5. The offensive line remains in utter shambles, allowing the Eagles to sack Luke Falk an absolutely astounding 10 times. Speaking of Falk, he was just as terrible, accounting for two Philly touchdowns via a pick six and a strip sack return for a touchdown. Fathom that. The Eagles' defense managed to outscore the Jets' offense 14-6. And that's actually a step in the right direction, considering the Jets hadn't scored an offensive touchdown since week one. This game was scripted for catastrophe way before opening kickoff. The one reason for hope in week six? Sam Darnold. Gangrene's franchise quarterback will make his return from mono after a three-game absence. And regardless of what has transpired to date, that's something fans can be excited about. This offense is capable of a lot. It's capable of scoring a lot of points. It's just up to us as an offense to go out there and execute. But a tough task awaits in the Dallas Cowboys, who despite back-to-back losses, have two of the game's most explosive playmakers in Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. However, all the pressure in this one falls on the shoulders of Gase. It's time for this so-called offensive mastermind to prove that the offensive ineptitude in East Rutherford has had to do with who has been under center as opposed to who has been calling plays. And on Sunday, with Darnold back in the fold, I think the Jets will have their best offensive output of the season. However, with C.J. Mosley still inactive, I think Dak Prescott and company will make one too many plays for the Jets to overcome. Give me Dallas in a Meadowlands slugfest, 38-24. Covering the... I'm Jackson Heil, WFUV Sports. So Sam Darnold is back, but I don't have the Jets in the win column this Sunday. 
I do believe it will be their best offensive output of the year. I, I don't think there's any doubt sure? about that. It has to be. I'm not sure. I'm not sold on Adam Gaze yet. I see five-yard check, check downs coming galore. I also you see know, that, but here, let, let, let me make my point quick that I actually echoed in the report. This is make-or-break time for Adam Gase with this fan base, and I know he and Joe Douglas are boys, and that's why Douglas ended up being willing to come to New York, but I think if Adam Gase doesn't show something this week, he's going to be in a hole that he can't recover from with Jets fans. Because you, you look at what they did week one. Even though they were winning that game and it was actually the closest game of the year, they only lost by one point, the offense was just as terrible as it's been the last three weeks. Let's be completely honest there. It didn't really have to do with the quarterback. It had to do with the terrible play call. It looked like Jeremy Bates came down from hell and back onto the Jets' sideline and was calling Donald plays. did have mono. He did. But again, the play calling was Did you no, see those overthrows at the end of the game? Yeah. You see the overthrows? That's a guy who was sick and could not do his job. I don't blame Gase for that loss. Yeah, I think Gase has got a he's got. I blame the kicking situation hand. and Darnold. Darnold wasn't closing up to too many girls. Darnold didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Darnold apparently wasn't feeling anything. He felt fine during the game. Oh, stop! That's what he said. You can't just get mono out of mouth. nowhere. <laughs> I don't blame Gase there, but I agree. There's a huge test for the team. There's a huge test for him because. Look, any Jeff fan who's saying fire gaze after this sample size with this quarterback, with this supporting cast, I think is misguided. I, I understand the play calling hasn't been created, but how could you be but with Luke Falk? You have nothing to lose. Just call a damn play. No, I agree with E, man. I don't think he's really opened up the playbook with Nick Falk. You can't so what, do, so yeah, what, do three-yard checkdowns every time? I think he's waiting for That's Donald to read on yeah. First and ten. Talk about players we could play better than Luke Falk out oh, there. Yeah, this guy's incompetent. Give He's a, a fool. <laughs> Give me a shot. Come on I'm now. Now he finally has his quarterback back. This is a guy he's been flaunting the entire offseason. Adam Gaze's tenure was centered around Sam Darnold. Now he's back. He has a bunch of supporting cast back. He has the ability to let loose. So, But what about the play calling was different from weeks two, three, and five? Then week one, it was the same exact playbook that Darnold they were doesn't running. Have mono yeah, now. I think Darnold wasn't his. He wasn't a hundred percent. They threw one deep ball in week one. I think once. I think he has to be judged from this week going forward. No more mononucleosis. Yeah, that, this is gonna. Case has one chance to get no it right. No more for me. cooties. He has one chance. That's, no more woman. No more this. No more that. Sam Darnold <laughs> is healthy. Clean bill of health, ready to go. Yeah. Now it's judgment time. Sam Darnold is back. He is back. <laughs> the this Jets you, are back. And if yeah. they're not back this week, hashtag Firegaze, I certify it. Right now, That's what I'm saying. those tweets are in the junk for me. I don't want to see them. I want to see this week. I want to see an evaluation. I, I, I can't have people saying Darnold's a bad quarterback, Gase is a bad coach. There's no judgment ground. We've seen one year of Sam Darnold, a better rookie year than most of the all-time greats. Hurt. You can't judge him right, off one week. Right, let's slow it down. Herndon's going to be out. Peyton Manning's rookie year. Let's relax. Give him some games. Give Gase some games. I'm a believer in Darnold. I'm talking about Adam Gase right now. I think this is his last chance to get it right. Last chance. He has, give him a couple he has weeks. One I think you got to right. give him a couple weeks. No, 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 no. no. You gotta I, I see not. how. I need to. I'm not. And I'm not saying they even have to win the game. Plays with a healthy Darnold. Right. You got Le'Veon. I mean, even though Herndon's yeah. going to miss some more games because of a yeah, hamstring. Yeah, you got 60 minutes against Dallas on Sunday to show me that. It, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think. And I'm not even saying they have to win the game, Matt. I'm not saying they have to win the game, but you have to show me an ounce of creativity in this offense. I think he will. I think with Nick Falk, he couldn't. 
He was so limited. Yeah, but even, even in week didn't one. Wanna, I don't think he wanted to expose everything. Even in week one, they're running zone reads on second and ten. Also, if this they're going to make this special run they've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Oh, when we get back, it's going to be special. We're going to make a run. It's going to be amazing. It has to be a win this weekend. Yeah. You yeah. are 0-4. I, I don't want to hear about the Jets making the playoffs right now. I hear all these people like, oh, the schedule I want to hear about one win. I need a win. I need a win this weekend to show me something. Now, the reason I partially agree with you, Jackson, if you want to come back on this podcast next week, the Jets lay an egg against the Cowboys, you can come in here and bug out. I am fine with that. But in terms of making a judgment on Adam Gase and wanting him out the door, I need a couple weeks with his real system, his real offense, what he was hired to do. I need him to be able to utilize that. I'm letting him off the hook for Luke Falk. Like I've said, I'm, I'm not giving him the full judgment just because of what's happened with Luke Falk. But he has 60 minutes on Sunday to show me that he can put an ounce of creativity I, in this offense because he didn't show it in week one when we, they had Darnold in the lineup because it, it was terrible. It, it was They had so many opportunities to pull away in that game. The, the Jets forced four turnovers in the first half against Buffalo, and they came away with nothing on offense. Jets have Crowder on Sunday. Yes. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. We'll see. We if, we'll, we'll, see we'll see if he can go for another twenty-five catches for eighty yards this time. But we need to see some weapons. Like, from also, this team. that defense needs to step up. I mean, they got a lot of injuries. You know, Mosley. I think he he might he's questionable for Sunday. He's but. not playing. I don't think. No. I, I'm almost positive. That's a guy he's who active. needs. Is to Williams come back. playing? Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams is playing. He played last week. He was all right. Think Didn't do a whole lot. It. The pass rush is a disaster. Mosley yeah. was like arguably the best defensive player in the league week one. Yep. And then we don't have him. For the following week, we saying. don't get Gase to evaluate dealt, the Jets. Gase has been dealt a bad hand. You can't judge him off of these. He has, but I'm, yeah. I'm sick of the Adam Gase excuses because he did the same thing I think he's in Miami. Check. And look how that got. No, all he did is take Ryan Tannehill and Matt Moore to the playoffs. Exactly. First, yeah, and then, and then got that. rid of all the talent on the roster. That's fine. Yeah. He shunned I mean, all the talent on the roster. If he can take the Jets to the playoffs, he wants his guys. I'll give him a pass. Give me a break. Matt Moore, Ryan Tannehill, playoffs. Enough said. You got one chance for me. You got one chance for me, Adam Gase. Show me this Sunday that you can go out and put up more than 20 points. Show me that you can put out more than one offensive touchdown in a game. One chance. Because it hasn't been done yet. You're overreacting. Giants fans. Jets fans are tough, man. One game. We're acting like the Giants fans right now. Yeah. This is a bad look. Oh, no. This is is a completely rational take, (laughs) and I, I will stand by that. I give you a whole more a lot of nonsense on the Jets if I want to. But Do you want to pick these games? We're, we're going to pick these games. But first, we're going to go to our fantasy sleepers with Jack Caldwell. Nailing sleeper picks is a surefire way to get your team a victory. Here are some players that fantasy owners are currently overlooking. All right, let's get into these sleepers. First of all, I'm going to pick two Los Angeles Rams this week, and that's because it looks like Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks could both not play in their next game. So I'm going to be picking Malcolm Brown and Gerald Everett, the tight end, and it pretty much speaks for itself. If Gurley and Cooks, if either one of them, if not both of them, aren't playing this Sunday, they're obviously going to be getting a lot of touches. And then, of course, Adrian Peterson as my running back facing a terrible Miami run defense. They allow 180 run yards per game. Seems like an easy pick to me. A guy, AP, who's not done much this season in terms of fantasy. Probably won't after this week, but could be a good pickup for your team. And then finally, I think I have to stick up for Sam Darnold here because I got mono in fourth grade. It was not from hooking up, so you can't. Oh, I don't think you it. can make the assumptions. You mono mono in fourth grade. grade. I did. I got mono in fourth grade. Was not from hooking up. Can confirm. Jack boomed early. Jackie Insider, FUV, been smoking <laughs> you know, at a young age. 
if it well, was if careful. it was from hooking well, up, I'm concerned for you. Fourth grade relationships are like holding hands. Hey, kids no. get in action at a young age. <laughs> Fourth grade. Respect the grind, baby. What, I can't what are you, nine years so old? So Sam Darnold comes on. He says, I don't know where I got mono from. I don't know where I got mono from, so I have to stick up for him here. The he guy knows. went through high school and college without Sources any issues. tell me. That guy's living alone in New USC. Jersey. You're saying that he's all of a sudden going to get New mono? York. I'm sick of people complaining we about know where mono. He got it from. I, I had mono last summer. Didn't even know I had it until like three months after. F- it wasn't that bad. I grinded through it. I grinded through Jack it. Come Caldwell on. I was nine years old. It didn't even bother me. that Jack Caldwell didn't get mono from hooking up. I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to do an investigation. It starts right now. Time for pickums. This week's NFL picks. That intro is something else. Let's get right into it. Tampa Bay, Carolina matchup in the NFC South. I like Kyle Allen again. Let's go four and zero with the Panthers. Going Carolina. I completely echo you. I'm going to Carolina in my first pick of the week. Wow, that's a sweep. Yeah, I'm going with Carolina also. I think they're going to ride Christian McCaffrey. I like Carolina. Yeah, me as well. I can never pick in, in terms of Jameis Winston. The worst game in NFL history, Miami and Washington. I'm picking a tie. I'm actually going to do that. I'm picking a tie no, between. No, you can't. Give us a team. No, I'm picking a Don't tie. Don't be a fraud. I'm. I am. You can't give yourself a tie. You can't get, pad your record like that. Pick a team. I'm picking a tie. If so my team wins, team. then I lose. I pick the tie. Jeez. Miami, first win of the year. Wow. Washington. I got him. Bill Bill Callahan begins his tenure in Washington on the right pay, on the on the right path. Look, like I just said in my fantasy update, I think this is could be Adrian Peterson's last good game he ever has. He can run all over this defense, so I'll pick the Redskins. Both teams are winless and they will stay winless because it will result in a tie. Jacksonville, New Orleans, like this matchup for the Saints if they add Drew Brees. I'm going with Gardner Minshew. I'm on the train. I'm on the train as well, and I really don't like picking the Saints without Drew Brees, so I agree with Jackson on this one. Uh, I'm going Saints, man. Teddy Bridgewater's been playing very solid. Uh, it's hard to go against them. I like the Saints. Yeah, I like the way Teddy Bridgewater's looked in this role, so I'm going to pick the Saints over Jacksonville. Ravens and Bengals. Ravens bounce back in overtime against the Steelers last week in a chaotic one. I'm sticking with Lamar Jackson against the Bengals. The Bengals are an atrocity. They're terrible. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I got the Ravens. <laughs> Sweeps across the board what pretty much. Are we going to talk about what E-Man just said? The Baltimore Ravens. Never again, please. Cleveland and Seattle. Baker Mayfield, the overhype train continues. I really like this Seattle team a lot. And Russell Wilson is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Let's go with the Seahawks. Year after year, Seattle produces something. I love Seattle. I love what they're doing. And I hate Cleveland. Let's go Seattle. Oof. This game, I'm going to go with the Browns. I think they got to bounce back. Everybody's picking Everybody's picking Seattle. I'm going to go with the Browns. Look, we all know Adult Beckham Jr. is not going to be on the Browns come Sunday, so I'm taking the Seahawks. Jack knows. <laughs> Our insider. Love sticking with the reporter mantra. Interesting matchup in Minnesota. Vikings and Eagles rematch of the NFC title game a few years ago. I like Carson Wentz and the Eagles this one. I think the offense is getting together for Philadelphia. I like them. I like Philadelphia. Give me the Eagles. Uh, depends on the start. 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock? Because if it's 1, I like the Vikings. 4 o'clock, I'll take Philly. Are you basically saying it's a toss-up? I'm saying Kirk Cousins, 1 o'clock games. He's the man. Kirk Cousins Late is games, in the truck. Games. Stop, stop talking exactly. good things about Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Jack. Hey, the Eagles, they're a gutsy team, and I think Minnesota's a weak team mentally. So I'm going to take the Eagles. I think it'll be tough, but I trust the Eagles' mental toughness over Minnesota's. Really good matchup at Arrowhead. Chiefs and Texans. Chiefs coming off Sunday night loss to the Indianapolis Colts. 
I like the Chiefs to respond this one. I don't see them losing two straight games in Kansas City. Houston's good. KC's better. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. KC, I think, is going to bounce back. I like the Chiefs. Yeah, they, they showed a lot of heart in that game against the Lions, really back and forth. I think this game could be similar, and I'll take the Chiefs. Kyler Murray first win last week. He hosts Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Like the Falcons in this one. Give me the Falcons. I'll echo that. Yeah, the Falcons, I don't know what happened to them this year. I think they'll win this one. Yeah, this is an easy one for the Falcons. Probably the best matchup of the week, Rams and 49ers, that one in L.A. The undefeated 49ers, and I think they stay that way. Love Kyle Shanahan's offense. Jimmy Garoppolo goes to 11-2 and two as a starter. Give me the Niners. Yeah, give me the Niners. Something isn't right with Gurley and the Rams. I like the Niners. Yeah, you want to talk about fantasy duds. The Rams' defense has gotten me negative points each of the last two weeks and cost me wins. I think that... Jimmy Garoppolo, Greg Kittle, and company are going to tear it up. I'm taking the Niners. Broncos and Titans at mile high. I like the Broncos in this one. Joe Flacco, really good performance last week against a good Chargers defense. I like Denver in this one, mostly because I absolutely hate Marcus Mariota. This is going to be a tight one, but I like the home field advantage for Denver, so give me the Broncos. Yeah, I agree with you, man. This is going to be a tight one, but I don't think the Broncos can win tight games. I like the Titans. Yeah, I'm going to take the Titans as well. Joe Flacco has played well, but Denver just doesn't seem to have much else going for them besides him. We go to East Rutherford, 4 o'clock start. Jets and Cowboys, we talked about it at lengths. Jets will have their best offensive output of the season because I'm going to believe in Adam Gase, but it's not going to be enough to win. I like the Cowboys. Dak Prescott is overrated. So are the Cowboys. Give me the Jets. This is the first of many wins in an improbable playoff run. You need to stop. <laughs> I, I can't see Dallas. Stop me. I can't see Dallas losing three in a row, especially a game to the Jets. Uh, Scarrett's gone the next day, so I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm going to go with Dallas, even though my heart says that the Jets have a chance in this one. I think it'll be close. I'll be rooting for them hard, and I think this could be a game they pull out. But with my head, I have to go with the Cowboys. Sunday night football: Chargers and Steelers. One of the best Sunday night football games last year. That one was at Heinz. This one is out in LA. I like the Chargers to bounce back from a brutal performance last weekend. I can't pick the Steelers this year. I'm going Chargers. Yeah, I can't. This is Chargers all the way. Yeah, and I think Melvin Gordon will have his first big week this week as well. I'll take the Chargers. Green Bay and Detroit on Monday night. I'm going to go with the Packers at Lambeau. I'm going Packers as well. I love the role they've been on. Lambeau Field, not picking against them. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. I like the Packers. they got a good balance between offense and defense. I'm going with the Packers. I'm going to go with Detroit in this one, and it's a little bit picking with my heart because my dad's a Lions fan, but looks like no Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers. His knee's been banged up all week. They sh- they're coming off a bye week, so they're fully healthy, the Lions are, so I'll take them. That will do it for our pick segments. Guys, it was a blast per usual. It was very fun. Likewise, yeah. Jets, clock's ticking. <laughs> Let's get it this weekend, 9-7, and seven, playoff run, upcoming. Another week of NFL Friday for our man Quakes behind the board. E-Man, Matt, and Jack. I'm Jackson. Have a great one, guys. This has been another week and another edition of NFL Friday.